Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, we are eight weeks away. Eight weeks away from episode eight. And uh, it is getting close. The Star Wars news continues to flow. And uh, we are here to bring it all to you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, October 27th, 2017. Episode 48, and uh, we are thrilled to be here with you to get you caught up on all the Star Wars news, get you fired up about Episode 8, and uh, we're here. We're here to do it for you. We are 4 by 4 tonight, as Dave is wont to say. We are one down, but we'll explain that as we go. Uh, I am Steve Baldwin, and almost all the rest of the hive is with me. We'll start it off with my Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. You know, Steve, I'm 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 intrigued by your introduction of you found the wretched hive. Like we are the Ark of the Covenant. You are an aspiring Indiana Jones. You've wandered into the city of Tannis. You've gone down into the Well of Souls, and here we are to go lovingly into your ear holes like a bunch of snakes. <laughs> the Wretched Hive podcast. It's not the I age, honey. It's the mileage. Exactly. You, you forgot the part about how they defeated the Nazis to get to us. <laughs> yes! That's right. They got past the Nazi guards. Mother friggin' flippin' sons of biscuits. Did you say stowaway on a submarine? Of course. Okay. Why wouldn't you? Alright. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obvi. Greatest movies ever. Uh, also joining the show tonight, he is the captain of Millennial Falcon! Nico Rodriguez! No time for love, Mr. Jones. <laughs> short round. Short. Good short round reference. Guy made short round and Goonies and just dropped off the face of the earth. Oh, <laughs> Goonies. That's such a great movie. Name the actor that played short round. Uh, I, um, no, I'm not going to say what just popped in my head. Henry Chong. Henry Chong. I'll Henry? take your word for it. <laughs> I have no idea. I guess I shouldn't ask a trivia question without knowing the answer. I deny you, sir. Would not yeah. be the first time we've done that on this show, by the way. I'm going to look it up. Just Jonathan Key Kwan, everybody. Oh. Jonathan Key Kwan. What else has he, has he done anything else since then? Uh, born in 1971. He is a year younger than I am. Wow. 71? 71. Wow. Yes. Son of a bitch, that guy is tiny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. And finally, we have. Who could it be? Dave! Exciting and new. Under 
no circumstances. Come aboard. He's expecting you. Should you ever. Dave Potter. And I mean, never. Soon he'll be making another run. Call him. Dave Potter. Harry. Promises. Potter. Something for everyone. <laughs> well, Bring it home. Man. Bring it home, Greg Glenn. <laughs> oh, my God. Good, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever and whenever you are listening to us. We are 4x4 four four tonight because uh, lifelong, lifelong fan Scott Ivansky is uh, off not being a lifelong Star Wars fan tonight. We had Knock some, it out with his cock out. We, we had some technical difficulties and for the first time had to scrub our planned recording of, uh, of the show. So we're doing it on a, a non-regular night and he already had something booked. So I can't even be mad at him for that. But I do want to, before we start off, I do want to just say, and this may or may not be related to the technical issues we encountered last night, Skype. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you so, so hard. That yeah. upgrade, that upgrade, and I use that in quotes, is the biggest step backward on an already barely functioning product since the Republican Party of 2016. <laughs> uh, we should have Skype on the show to come on and explain itself one of these days. We Skype as a sponsor. I think Skype would sponsor our program proudly. Or something. <laughs> you know, um, we should actually do an interview with Skype. Um, Greg, I think you could be Skype and I'll interview you and you can you can explain what the problem is. All, all you have to do is all you have to do is <laughs> yeah, just, just play the old AOL, you know, dial up tone and we should be fine. Oh, that's it's a reasonable facsimile. Oh my gosh. Guys, it's gonna be a packed show tonight. We're just gonna dive right in here. With the news, here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, guys, Kathleen Kennedy leads us off tonight. She's uh, she's in the news. Um, in the wake of the uh, Harvey Weinstein drama... You know, he just got fired from his own company this week, by the way. If you saw that. He's a giant douche nozzle. Because he's a giant douche nozzle is right. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm president, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, was uh, is demanding change in Hollywood. She presented at Elle's Women in Hollywood event about a week ago and uh, suggested that the entertainment industry form a fully funded and operational commission to police over sexual harassment and abuse in show business. Kennedy, of course, is a member of the Board of Governors of the Academy of Motion Pictures and of Arts and Sciences. She pulls a lot of weight around Hollywood, needless to say. And um, she has asked that new rules of behavior be implemented immediately in Hollywood. And so this is this is Kathleen Kennedy speaking... Uh, Speaks and when when she speaks, people listen. So I I'm I'm very very proud of Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy here taking a stand and uh, trying to make some change in Hollywood. Agree more. I, I I don't really have anything to add to the topic, so I'm going to just say that I recently saw 
the Jim Jeffries show. Jim Jeffries has a show on Comedy Central, and he had a a short monologue about the situation and summed it up. Let's not apologize. Let's not all act like we're shocked. Let's just let's just recognize that it happens. Let's recognize that it happens to more people than we can possibly imagine it happens to, and let's just do better. We're all better people than this. Let's just do better. So. Is that too simple to say? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's too simple. I think it's good. You got to call it out, and uh, I I think it's it's in a in a you know we're celebrating a franchise here that is going out of its way now, which is I think is awesome to celebrate women in fandom and and the women the female characters that play such an important role in Star Wars, and uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I'm thrilled well, that she 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 came out so strongly. Yeah, I, I am too. But I got to say where. Where is the outrage over the other revelations that are starting to come out? I mean, Harvey Weinstein gets kicked out of the academy, kicked out, you know, a lot of things happen to him that are not just related to the company that he owned and worked at. He's been ostracized and kicked out of the Motion Picture Academy. I think the Directors Guild and the Writers Guild have uh, processes going against him. The LA Times broke a story about uh, James Toback, who is, I'll admit, somebody Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of until this story broke. But the LA Times did an extensively researched and sourced story where they got 38 women to step forward with claims of sexual harassment against this douche nozzle. And 30 Mm -hmm. 30 of them did it on the record, meaning their full name, current employer, everything that happened. And while I am a, a very big proponent and believer in the concept of innocent until proven guilty, if 30 people are coming out, I, I'm pretty sure it happened. There, there is no he said, she said in that scenario. It doesn't exist. And where is the outrage over this guy? He's an Academy member. He's, he's got Academy Award nominations, same as Weinstein does. So are, is everybody just pissed off about Weinstein because it was kind of the, the sexy moment du jour? If we're going to do it well, for I one, think this you've got to be doing it for all. Yeah, I think this guy's taking a lot of heat. I think this guy's taking taking it on, you know, as he should, and rightly so. Um, it, well, he should take it because it sounds like he was trying to give it to people for a while. Exactly. I, I don't I don't know that it's just being brushed under the rug or anything like that. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say that. I, you want, I mean, you want to talk brushed under the, under the rug, you look at, like, um, Roman Polanski. I mean, that's the that's the dude you got to look at. So, or, or yeah. Woody Allen, for that matter. Yeah, um, Woody, Woody Allen, definitely, definitely. I, I think I think Toback. I think I think that I don't know that the jury is still out on Toback. I think he's taking his just desserts right now, um, and I don't think that chapter is closed on him yet. Um, but you're right. You know why? Why is 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 Weinstein going to be the fall guy for everything that's gone on like this in 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 that industry for years and years and years? Or is there going? Are there? Will there be more uh, falls of epic and deserved proportions like that? Ex- I don't know. Ex- exactly, and that's what I'm trying to say. I I don't want Weinstein to just be the fall guy, the sin eater for everything that's happened because clearly it's a pervasive problem. It is not just one person. It is not just one time. And if it's going to move that quickly and swiftly for him, because he is possibly the most well-known and visible person, at least in the the current generation, it's still got to move for everybody else. Because Toback, these other people that are starting to come out, it's just a tip of the iceberg. 
So Toback is the is the writer, right? He's a screenplay writer. Who is he's a writer the, and he's a and writer director. and director. He he okay. he he was the writer director for for a Robert Bugsy. Downey Jr. He wrote Bugsy. He no. he wrote and directed The Pickup Artist with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Molly Ringwald back in the eighties. And then I guess recently the most the thing he would be most known for would be the Tyson documentary. He wrote and, oh, and directed okay. the Tyson documentary a couple so years back. Also this week there was an NBC reporter that was called out. Um, and I don't know his name, but I, I, I CNN reported on an NBC reporter that had been uh, accused of sexual harassment as well this week. Yeah, it's, uh, I think his name is Heilman. There was an there was an Amazon executive as well who was outed from Amazon, ousted from Amazon. Um, yeah. From from their yeah. film television, I guess their entertainment division. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, Holy Jesus! Quick quick update on Toback, real quick. I was just trying to look up the uh, the other guy, and a new headline just scrolled across my feed. Over three hundred women come forward after article oh on James Toback's sex abuse reputation. Oh my god! The, Excellent. The, the reporter that broke that story says three hundred and ten women have contacted him since the story ran. So, so circling back to Weinstein, I, I think that outing him has sort of opened the floodgates for women to feel brave enough to stand up and say, this is bullshit. I've been dealing with this for years and I, I'm, I feel shame about it and I shouldn't have to. And if, well, if Harvey well, Weinstein can get called out, why can't these people get called out? Here, here's the thing to just kind of pile on to the gravity of the situation. The people who remain silent are not like little no-name, never-work-in-Hollywood-again actresses, like the top names in their fields, you know, all seem to all have some type of similar story. Yeah. It's, fuck, you know, your your girlfriend, Ashley Judd, was the one who started yeah. it all off. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's that's not no B-lister. You know, that's, she she was a 90s movie staple. So, I, I, and all these people have, have, been, have, been, have been afraid to say anything. That's horrible. The, the thing that's really kind of struck me about it is just how how crude and what I would have, I guess, two or three weeks ago described as outlandish mm-hmm. the stories and behavior are. I, yeah. I've kind of always been of a mindset of the, the sexual harassment in today's, more, you know, quote unquote, more enlightened age is, is more subtle than that. And I guess it's. I, I have to reevaluate and recalibrate myself that it, it's just not. I am just appalled at what I've been hearing and reading about and that anybody who has any ounce of moral sensibility would think that that was okay or acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. The story, the stories about, about Weinstein are horrific. I mean, like real, like legit, like horrific, like, Oh my fucking God, what the hell? Like he's enticing a woman to try to come out of the bathroom while he masturbates himself on the other side of the door. Yeah. He's, he's jerking off into planners. It's, it's, it's unconscionable. (laughs) I just can't. I mean, how do you get to that place in your life where that's what, well, and, and that that's okay in your head. It's yeah. That you think it's it's, okay that you, yeah. yeah, that you feel no, no remorse, no shame, no no anything like that. Like it's perfectly acceptable to you. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, good for Kathleen Kennedy stepping up. Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. Thank goodness she uh, she's there, and um, hopefully she can make some change and and uh, put some policies in place that will that will begin to set things right at least. Agreed. All right. 
Uh, yes. Don't 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 sit back and let this shit happen, people. Stand up, say something, say it's not going to be acceptable anymore. It's just it's 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 just it's you can't let it go on. You just can't. And let's add, no. if you see it or if you see this happen in the workplace, you got to say something. You can't just let yeah. it go. You got to stand up and be a man. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right, moving on, guys. Um, on to a little bit of a lighter subject. Let's let's get back I, to the Star Wars here a little bit. I, I, I can't Trump? imagine anything wouldn't be a lighter subject. <laughs> no, no We're going to back talk about Donald Trump now? Can we talk again? <laughs> well, yeah, I need, to, I need to cheer myself up. Let's talk about <laughs> Donald Trump. Nazis in America, that sort of thing. <laughs> Ron Howard was in the news, guys, this week. That's a transition. Ron Howard was at the Dodger game the other night. He was. Well, he can afford I blame those him. tickets. I blame him. Let's just get the, let's just out this right now. Uh, Dodgers are one one with the Astros in the World Series. Next next episode we publish, uh, the World Series will be done and gone. But our beloved Dodger, well, most of our beloved Dodgers, everybody except Dave, apparently. I don't know what I don't know what you're smoking there, buddy. But uh, our Dodgers are in the World Series. Nico, are you a Dodger, Padre, Angel guy? What's your what's your What's your take? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely a football fan. <laughs> well played, sir. Excellent. Ten Excellent. points, Gryffindor. Go team. Uh, the Dodgers are playing the Houston Astros in the World Series 2017. The, the fall. The Houston Classic. assholes. Houston assholes. The scores one. Or the the game scores one game apiece. Headed to Houston for to to uh, actually tonight as this episode airs. So. Wait, you you guys are big baseball fans, so I gotta I gotta take thirty seconds. I just I want to ask this question because yeah. I heard it, and I don't know if there's any truth to it or not. Okay. Those were some pretty wild games at Dodger Stadium, and it was yes. in the middle of an unconscionably crazy heat wave in Southern California. Yes. Correct. And there, I've been hearing some chatter that the heat contributed to the home the the level of home runs that were hit. That if they most, were played in normal most, weather conditions, most definitely. That Most probably definitely. some of those balls would have been warning track outs instead of home runs. Do you yeah. think that's true or not? Most definitely. I don't know Most about definitely. warning track outs. I don't. I'm not sure about that. But notoriously in the in the late summer and in the colder weather, the ball does not carry at Dodger Stadium like that for sure. So the weather definitely is playing a role. There's never been a game in the history of baseball, not just the World Series, but baseball where there's been five extra inning home runs. You know, but you got to still swing the bat. You got to put bat on the ball. You still have to yeah. play this stuff. But but is the ball carrying further in, in L.A. this last week? Absolutely it is. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the advantage goes to both teams. I mean, it's right. not like that favored one team or right. the other. And traditionally in the past, Dodger Stadium has always been called a pitcher's park because the weather is a little bit more temperate. And so the, with the, the more humidity that hangs in the air – uh, it causes the ball to to die easier. It's, it was always harder to hit home runs in Dodger stadiums than than a lot of the other parks. Um, so it was known as a pitcher's park because it was harder to hit the ball out. But because of the heat, because of the dry weather, they've just been sailing out of this park. I mean, you, that's that most of the runs scored. I you know I think all but maybe one or two of the runs scored over the past two games have been on the home run balls. But it's also it's also about the it's it's situational, right? So it's who's pitching, who's hitting. Uh, I mean, game one was a very tightly played, uh, low-scoring game with Clayton Kershaw dominating the Astros for seven innings 
and one run. So it's it's not just about the weather. It's it's about the matchups, but but definitely that the weather is playing a factor so far. That, yeah, that surprises game. me because I heard his ERA in the seventh inning just blows. <laughs> <laughs> Only e- assholes would think that. His, <laughs> go, well, no, going into the playoffs, his ERA in the seventh inning was like twenty five or something. I think <laughs> something really bad. But uh, no, he's he's he just pitched a two hit uh, gem the other night, so he is back. Well, to, you well. know to be. To, to be to be fair to the game yesterday, it was also an extremely well-pitched, extremely low-scoring game until the ninth inning. That's true. The Dodgers were winning with two hits going into the ninth inning. So, two. And the young I, Astro stars kind of forget who forgot who they were until uh, the home run against Kenley Jansen and then uh, the floodgates opened. Yeah. So I, I heard that that was the first postseason game in Major League Baseball where there was a home run hit in a ninth, in the ninth, 10th, and 11th inning by the same team. That's yeah. a cool stat. That is a cool stat. All right, we're boring the hell out of the Star Wars fans that listen to this show. The Baseball High. We are getting baseball. a lot of that other stuff just out of the way up front. Ron Howard. You know, he's directing a little movie, um, something about some Star Wars character. I think it might be Nine Numb. Is it is it Star Wars a nine numb story or something like that? Nine the lesser. Puggle the lesser. Ron Howard, of course, directing the Han Solo standalone film. He announced the name of the movie, and it is so exciting. This is the you're, this is gonna knock your soft your socks off. Um, check this Hi. out. Well, as we wrap up production, I just want to take this moment to to thank an incredibly talented cast and crew for all their hard work and to the fans out there I hope you've enjoyed the pictures uh, that I've been sharing pictures that I've taken from the set of can can we even say the name of the movie holds up a sign I'll see you next year sign says solo a Star Wars story so that's the name of the movie guys we have a official title it is Solo, a Star Wars story. And for that title, we have to thank Chief Executive of the Walt Disney Corporation, Bob Iger. Thanks, Bob. The Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of the Walt Disney <laughs> Company, Bob Iger. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah, Solo is the name of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Yep. I, I have what nothing. A, I'm sorry. A, I have nothing. What a, what a title. Yep. Sounds good. I mean, there is nothing. How long were they working on that? <laughs> I know. I just, it, I how always... many monkeys in a boardroom had to come up with that one? Yeah, how many monkeys did, had to be given typewriters to come up with that as the title? But yeah, okay. I, I I feel like it was that. It's like that scene from the Simpsons episode with uh with Poochie being introduced on the Itchy and Scratchy show, and they have a shot of the executive in the writers' room, and he's going through all the characteristics of the dog and he's like oh and you need to give him a name just make it something really dynamic and proactive like like poochie or something he walks out of the room and one of the writers looks around and goes so poochie okay with everybody like, yeah it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well you know it, it is what the movie's about it's about solo so um that's yeah. what we're gonna get yeah it's 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 fine it's fine it's the world's not gonna end we're all gonna go see it it's yeah it'll it'll be okay it, it just begs, you know, <laughs> you know, you have to have a title like The Last Jedi. There's so mm-hmm. much to be just wondered about and debated about and 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 
considered for a title like that. Solo, it's we know what this movie's about. That's it. It's about well, Solo. Well, you know, it's it, it, contrast it with with the other Star Wars story, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, Rogue yeah. One. You know, yeah, it's the name of the group and everything, but that's the team. That's the band. It's the Magnificent Seven. It's you know, it's it's whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. it, it it generates some type of imagery. Solo. Solo. Yeah. Well, it's like a limbo contest or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Have we talked about whether we think Jabba is going to be in this movie, Jabba the Hut? It's not called Hut. But that's you know such an iconic scene mm-hmm. for the characters when he walks out onto the uh, platform and there's the yeah. Millennium Falcon right after we see it for the first time ever. Right. Yeah. On. I, I, I think you see Jabba in this in in this movie. I I think he's a character who makes an appearance, and it would make sense too because he's a smuggler and he deals with the underworld, and and then Jabba is as as a very notorious underworld figure. So I think it, it makes sense in here. What I'm worried about is the potential of the Darth Vader appearance. That's what I'm worried about. Well, that's been all but confirmed, right? Uh, I think the actor who played Darth Vader in Rogue One. But nothing other than that. So but he could play anybody because there's, you know, there's going to That's be right. some type of, of Wookiee uprising. And so how many tall guys can act? Right. Might we see Han Solo dump his shipment uh, in, in, in the famous way that he does that, that pisses uh, Jabba off and sets off the I, story between the two? I kind of hope not just because it's getting right into that same, like, compressed area of of time that we have immediately before episode four right and i'd kind of like to see us explore other other eras i i i'm i'm with you dave i I don't think i need to see the thing that leads right into episode four for han solo especially when the characters they really don't look the same alden and harrison ford they're not you know they don't really look enough the same to where you go okay so so this happens right after that, it, it, but because otherwise it begs the question: Well, how long was really Jabba fucking chasing Han Solo for? Is he that fucking inept that he can't catch this guy after that long? So, well, I don't. I don't also... think it was. The... Sorry, go ahead, Nico. Sorry. No, you go ahead, please. There, I already interrupted you once tonight. All right. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say it, I don't think it could have been very long, just at the risk of going going down a rabbit hole, because Solo was hanging out on Tatooine, which was Jabba's home planet. Like, if they were really trying to. If he was really trying to keep his distance and not be caught, you'd think he would do anything but hang out on Tatooine looking for business. Right. That is literally what he was doing. <laughs> just hashtag just saying. I mean, who's to say that it didn't happen five or six years before A New Hope? Do we know the time frame there? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you got to no, think, too. This ties into what I was about to say is, like, how high is the bounty on his head to where he's setting people that are at the caliber of who he is to where he recognizes his assassins on a first-name basis. I mean, every time you see a movie out there, like, think of John Wick, all the assassins who come after Keanu Reeves. He knows all of those guys by a first-name basis. And the guys that he doesn't, you know, he shoots them in the head one time and moves on. So if, if Han Solo's, you know, this caliber of his underworld figure that he is, and he recognizes his assassin... That bounty has had to have been there for a long time, accrued a lot more. Jabba's wanted him, you know, 
more and more added more money to it but then time's gone by and maybe he thinks that hanging out on Tatooine is not such a big deal anymore because hey that bounty's 10 years old who cares anymore you know that reminds me of Bond a little bit it always bugged me a little bit that James Bond checks into a hotel and he's like yeah I'm Bond James Bond you know like <laughs> don't you think he would use some assumed name or so try to hide his identity somehow and and every bad guy knows exactly who he is, you know. He's at the top of everybody's list. <laughs> oh, Bond's here! Great, let's go kill him. You know, you're not a not a very good secret yeah. agent. Um, uh, you know, the, I I just gotta say, Nico, you really like made something click in my head. A a Han Solo movie in a John Wick style universe, you know, where they're all scoundrels and and kind of shady individuals. That fucking works like nobody's business. Right, that. Well, <laughs> that, that's a that's a great pull, actually. It, it is, and that maybe that kind of movie is a, a Han Solo movie that takes place between Episode Four and Episode Five, because there is a a bounty hunter that Han runs into, and he references in a throwaway line at the beginning of Empire. I forget mm-hmm. the planet, but he says, you know, hey, I got to get out of here. That bounty hunter we ran into on so and so really Lord changed. Chantel? Is that what yeah, it is? Cha- changed my mind. Mm. I'm that's a story I'm actually interested in seeing sometime. What happened on Ward Mantel? Yeah, maybe that's the, we that's, get... that's like the first time that Han and Leia kiss too is on that planet. Maybe, maybe we get all that in the Boba. I Fett thought it was movie. on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> Which lips? <laughs> wow, that's no moon. Oh, hey, <laughs> getting into some dark, dark areas, guys. Now we <laughs> did cover. We did cover this uh, several months ago. The Star Wars Solo crew had t-shirts printed up. I love this shirt. At the time, we weren't sure if this was the title. Now it's been confirmed. The name of the movie is Solo. It's uh, it's Star Wars Crew 2017. And inside this the box, uh, which is framed by Star Wars Crew 2017, is the word Solo, but the L is the DL-44 blaster. Yeah, that that logo is is the bomb. That, need, that logo. I, yeah. That's a good trivia question. I need that shirt. That's oh, a good trivia you. question. What's that? What, Say again. What's the name? What is the what is the model blaster that Han Solo carries in in oh, throughout the uh, yeah. throughout the throughout the uh, Star Wars movies? By the way, I think uh, Dave Dave's mind is on trivia because before pre-show we were talking about our. Uh, our event we have planned uh, with Timeless Pints, December 6th. We'll be promoting it outside of this uh, segment. But December 6th at Timeless Pints in Lakewood, California. Come down. We will be there for Star Wars Trivia Night on Wednesday, December 6th. It's going to be a good time. Have some good beer. Be part of the show. Come on down. Try to answer some Star Wars trivia. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So we'll be promoting that. Uh, Do they give away good prizes? They give away good prizes. They give away beer that you can buy. Actually, it's pretty. Can I enter? Yes. (laughs) They give wait. They they give away a prize that I can then buy. Is that what? (laughs) That's pretty much what I said. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I actually think normally if they do what they do is if you come down in costume, they give you a a pretty good discount on on the beer that you buy. So you come down in costume and you and you get a discount on your beer. But we'll be promoting and, it as it comes up. And the the winner, we're going to announce it right now. The winner will receive a bootleg copy of the last week of the last Jedi, right? 
<laughs> I'm sure we won't get in any trouble for that. Fil- Not at all. Filmed on Greg Lentz <laughs> iPhone. iPhone. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be me just acting out every scene is all it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about the I've last... I've only seen power like this once before. <laughs> talking about the last, the last Jedi, guys. <laughs> We're we're gonna we are coming we are now in official prime time mode for the last forty nine days news. guys forty nine forty nine days wow 49. that's incredible uh, it is it is coming and it's coming fast and that's what uh, she said I've just got to say porgs are taking the world by storm uh, in fact uh, article here in the Chicago Tribune. The Porgs are becoming the new stars of Star Wars. Oh, dear God. Fake news. Yep, it's true. Just in time for the holidays. This is according to ChicagoTribune.com. Just in time for the holidays. The Porgs are having their moment in the Octu Sun. This week's release of the latest... This is a week ago now. This week's release of the latest Last Jedi trailer lets us hear just what a screaming space porg sounds like as we see the furry critter riding in the Millennium Falcon. Somebody's talking the moon fish. With the walking carpet that is Chewbacca. Guys, porgs are here and they're here to stay. Han Solo would be mortified at that shot of a porg in the cockpit of his ship. That's all I'm saying. You mean if he wasn't dead... That's what you're saying. Oh, too soon. Uh, too soon. It's been what eighteen Way months. Way too soon. Way uh, too soon. Wow. Too All soon. Right. Okay. I mean, it's true. It's been, it's been more like twenty-two months. Lightsaber, actually. lightsaber through the chest. Ugh. I know. Tis but a scratch. <laughs> Nobody saw his body after he fell. He could have landed on a lot of pillows. <laughs> That's true. That's He's true. not. Gandalf, he's not surviving that fall. <laughs> he's still falling down a pit fighting the Balrog, I'm pretty sure. You know what? Maybe there you know, maybe there was a bunch of purple mattresses down there. Everyone knows Kylo Kylo is a, a spokesperson for purple mattresses. <laughs> they haven't agreed to be our sponsor yet, Steve. We can't I'm, just plug them like that. I'm trying. I'm the only thing that could have saved Han Solo is a purple mattress. That's all I'm saying. <gasps> Ay, ay, ay. I well, don't know that I understand the reference, but I'm sure that will be explained to me at some point. Well, right. if you read the show notes, Greg. <laughs> Maybe one day oh. when you're older. First of all, you're assuming he can read and <laughs> understands where to find the show notes. Uh, Se- in, second of all, fuck that. In other Last Jedi <laughs> news, uh, guys, we're finding out more information about stuff that's happening at Star Wars. Star Tours... In Disneyland, get this, will feature scenes from Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, and you know how they can uh, they can add new planets and it's all digital now, not like we, when we were kids when it was like a f- projecting onto the back of that screen. Now they can they can add stuff and they're they're adding planets all the time and locations and every couple of years we get some new material for that ride. And uh, Star Tours is going to feature scenes from the last jedi starting november 17th that's just in a couple weeks i think you mean locations more like it more likely locations from the last jedi Uh, i don't think they're right they 
I don't think they show actual scenes from the movie, but I think locations. I think, yeah. I think I think you're right about that. Sorry, I misspoke. Yep. Starting That's November seventeenth, okay. visitors on board the three D simulator ride will explore scenes in Crate, a remote uncharted planet that is expected to be heavily featured in Scenes in a crate? That sounds boring. It's like (laughs) Metal Gear Solid where you just stick a crate over your top of yourself. How is that an exciting ride, just being inside a crate? Current video includes uh, characters from Episode 7, The Force Awakens, will remain part of that attraction. Of course, original planets from the uh, original trilogy and the prequels are already included in the ride. So, pretty cool. You can go see... uh, See what uh, crate looks like before long before the movie comes out. Just gotta got buy yourself a ticket to go to Disneyland. That's all you gotta do. I've seen do. a crate. That's all I'm saying. I've seen a crate. It's not right. very exciting. All right. Let's see what else I got here about the Last Jedi. Oh, there's a new behind the scenes video. Actually, this one's huge. This one. Uh, oh. Yeah. This one Ryan Johnson put out. Um, well, I should say Star Wars put out. It's featuring Ryan Johnson. Uh, it's called, uh, this is on uh, usatoday.com, Star Wars exclusive. Ryan Johnson makes his mark on The Last Jedi. And I have a little clip here. This is Ryan Johnson talking about being on the set and walking on to the, millennial, the Millennium Falcon. Walking up the ramp, walking through the hallway. <laughs> I flash back to when I was a kid and with the action figures inside. Suddenly, I had like a big lump in my throat. <laughs> this is how they. Okay, now I get you. Damn Here we go. Stand by. And action. So, if you haven't seen this, it's really cool. There's there's shots of them building the Millennium Falcon, which now I now I'm going to get stuck calling it the Millennial Falcon. I'm sure because of our uh, <laughs> our our co-host. Millennial Falcon. And you're welcome. Um, <laughs> But it's about a three-minute video, lots of behind-the-scenes stuff. Ryan Johnson later in the video says, uh, you know, it was super cool, and I'd forgotten about a lot of that stuff. And, I mean, they filmed this movie a year and a half ago now, so um, pretty cool. Very good. Very good stuff. Go find that. USAToday.com, many other sources. Go to YouTube.com, Star Wars channel. I think it's there. Uh, New exclusive behind-the-scenes video. Yeah, I I felt the same way you did, Steve. It was uh, just the shots of him walking on and and the the way they filmed just the whole approach to and going up the ramp and everything like that. It really just I wish I could be there so badly. I remember two years ago yeah. uh, before Force Awakens came out, Kevin Smith, the writer, director, overall large stoner that he is. Um, <laughs> Gave a, a long story about being invited by JJ to the set and getting to go on the Millennium Falcon, and he said he just started crying. I think a lot of us would have a very similar reaction. I don't know if we would all just shed the tears, but I, I think we would all get choked. I know I would for sure get choked up just about being there. It would be just there's there's so much that's built up in your head, and it's been such a part of our lives for so long. Yeah. It sounds really nerdy and dorky, but I just I can't imagine what that must be like. Dude, I, I'm right there with you. I, I cannot wait until Galaxy's Edge opens at Disneyland and you walk in and they've got the full-size Falcon there. I, I'm going to yeah. lose it. I, I'm. Yeah. I, it's going to be just surreal looking at that ship in, in uh, mm. one-to-one scale. That's mm. just insane. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. 
Uh, Only I'm I'm saving my money now because it's gonna take and it's gonna take a bank loan to get in. Know, you know, <laughs> I know. I've got five, man. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. You know, bringing that up though, Steve, one to one scale. I don't know how accurate they're gonna be with that. Just because every shot you see of anybody going into the Millennium Falcon, they're all having to duck their heads down and crouch to get to the ramp to go uh, up mm-hmm. into the ship. And that just seems like a huge safety hazard to me for a, a place like Disneyland to have just accessible. Well, I, I um, think, and I could be wrong here, but I think that they will have the one-to-one scale ship, but I don't think you'll be able to go on it. At all? No. I think it's just going to be a set piece there, and, and there'll be tables, and they'll sell Millennial Falcon burgers underneath it or something like that. That was my impression as well, that it's, you don't go, you don't board the Millennium Falcon. It's it's a, it's like the entrance to the ride. It's like you're, you go through underneath it to get on the ride or so. It's hard to see based on the on the model yeah. that they have. No, but, uh, no. Fuck that! If you don't get to go into the Millennium Falcon <laughs> at all, who even if they, cares? If yeah. they can make a que- a queue, a line queue that goes through the Millennium Falcon, I'm fucking sold. Yeah, do that. There you go. Just boom. But then that means you have to build two an entrance and an exit somewhere. So, yeah. Well, all I know is I need to wear my Han Solo costume. Get there somehow when no one else is there. And then I just want to be—I just want to be cleaning the Falcon and turn around and look at the camera, like Han was in Episode Four, and have one of you guys take that picture. Uh, that, and then I'm going to blow it up to the size of like eight by ten on the side of a wall of a, you know, like a room, and and it'll be, it, it'll be one of the walls in my house. That's my goal. Disneyland with nobody there. <laughs> I got I gotta, just find a connection i just i, I liked watching steve's eyes light up when he was fantasizing about wearing the han solo costume and being the only person there and i'm like dude it's gonna be a han solo freaking convention at that millennium falcon for at least the first six months at least the first six years are you kidding me i'm pretty sure that you can actually get bookings at disneyland with your photographer to show up before people go there um because they do that for like weddings and stuff yeah, so just book a wedding co- shoot. You know how much that costs to do that, though? A couple grand? We're talking about a couple grand? Uh, you're at, you're over 10. You're over 10 to book your wedding at Disneyland. No. Yes. But yeah. not the whole wedding, just the pictures. What if I just want a shot in front of the ship? Um, because they do do wedding packages if you want to, like, have, <laughs> have pictures taken in front of, like, they do do. Um, if you don't have pictures taken like in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle, um, mm-hmm. and it is crazy expensive. I am pretty sure that Steve would divorce his wife if it meant they could get remarried in front of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh man, I, Lisa might Lisa might go for it too, just just to appease me, just to just see how go, he's not denying it. Just. Just go through the divorce proceedings so we can get remarried. You can get remarried and not get divorced first, Dave. It's possible to do that. <laughs> we could renew our vows on the steps of the Falcon. Oh, man. Location Disneyland can accommodate up to 300 guests, depending on your chosen time. It's only available off-season, weekday on- weekdays only. 
off-season weekdays only, so I don't know what their off-season times are, and only be either before or after park hours. So the parks uh, off-season open, I think, 9, and they close at around 10 off-season. Hmm. So I don't have any of the prices listed on here. I thought there was a spot where they would list the prices, but I, I'm not seeing that. You probably have to call for quotes. Maybe. You might be right. Oh, there you go. Wedding pricing. <laughs> Alright, what is it? How much does it cost to get married at Disneyland? Um, the wedding experience, um, the, the cheapest one is, is $6,500 um, minimum spending um, that's up to 18 guests. The minimum of 18 guests, um, in addition to the couple, starts at 15000 Wow. Yeah. That's actually so not as cu- bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> so, that's, so, so you and 20 of your closest friends, mm-hmm. less than 20000 not bad. Do, it, they have one of those, do they have those popcorn vendors out there? You can get free popcorn. Churros. <laughs> it might be worth I mean, it for yeah. churros and popcorn. Is a, chur- is, is a churro vendor thrown in? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Do you have to wait oh. in line? Do you have to wait in line? I'm out. Get- <laughs> I'm out. See, I was, was yeah, going to say, I, this, this is good for Dave. Dave, start you know, start planning. This is your chance. Hey, okay. whoa, here, we, whoa. here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Christine does listen to this podcast. Whoa there, buddy. Don't get me wait, in trouble. Wait a minute. Wait, here we go. So, so that's getting married at Disneyland. That's mm. not even... In the park. So here we go. Morning Sleeping Beauty Castle Wedding Ceremony in Disneyland Park. Okay, in the morning. Minimum cost, $62,200. That's more like it. (laughs) That's what I was expecting. For how many people? Uh, I think think you have to have at least 18. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. what it scales up to, depending on how many more people I, show up there. But I love yeah. that the sixty two thousand is not the incentive for Disney. It's <laughs> no, it has to be at least eighteen people. <laughs> it will not take your stinking money if you only have sixteen guests. Oh, screw you guys. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you dumb shits. If you want to get married, you. if you want to get married in the evening, guys, if you. Wanted to get married. Say you're not early risers, so you want to get married in the evening. You're going to be dropping at least 180 grand. Ooh. <laughs> so they close the whole park for you in the evening on a weeknight. Tuesday night, no, you go it's, out. It's it's after hours. You have to do oh. it after hours, after park hours. So you're getting married at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, many but guests think about they those require pictures. for sixty-two thousand dollars as a house? <laughs> Actually, that's that's about how much it costs to take a family of five to Disneyland now. So, sixty-two hey, grand. It's cheaper than getting eighteen people tickets for the day. So there's that. You know what? If you have eighteen friends, why not just give all of them uh, eight ten thousand dollars? Hmm. Okay, Dave. Dave <laughs> that that's your option, Dave. There you go. So just go ahead and write us a check, and that that that'll fix it for you, man. You're, You're gonna invite all all six of my family, Dave. So I'll expect that check for sixty thousand dollars in the mail. You guys are the worst wedding planners ever. <laughs> wedding crashers. Do they have any bachelor parties in Disneyland? <laughs> all the time, and they all wear the same stupid muscle tee and trucker hat. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. 
that's good. Man, we just went down a rabbit hole. Let's get let's get that that is the definition of a rabbit hole. Let's get back um to the last Jedi. There's a lot of talk this week about how much the last Jedi is going to bring in. And I thought it would be fun to get some predictions. Uh there's a from you guys. There's an article on collider.com. Star Wars the Last Jedi predicted to nab second highest grossing opening weekend ever. Um, and so I'm just curious, where do you guys think this movie is going to end up in terms of, let's say in terms of opening weekend and then maybe all time, where, where do you, where do you feel without having seen anything but the trailer? Obviously we don't know if it's a good movie or not, but I think it probably, yeah, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it sucks ass. What's, uh. What do you what what do you think, Dave? Where's where's the last Jedi going to come in in terms of opening weekend? Hang on, I'm just I'm I'm trying to do some quick research so I can refresh my memory on exactly where the Force Awakens came in at on its opening weekend. Yep. Uh, if my computer wasn't freezing up, I could uh, I could help you with that. Two hundred and forty-seven million for the opening weekend. I'm gonna say two hundred million for the opening weekend. That would put it at number three behind Jurassic World at 208. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it at 235. Is this like the price is right? You yeah. have to be the closest without going over? Or Somebody's just gonna the closest? Go Nico's going to go one on me. Yeah, Nico's going Nico's gonna to go one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. My guess is, I think you guys are in the ballpark there. Um, I will say my official guess will be two twenty four, two twenty two hundred twenty four million opening weekend. Nico, what say you? Where do you think this is going to land? Do you think it's going to be? Dave is coming in low, around two hundred million, right, Dave? Yeah. And uh, Greg is high at two thirty four. I said two twenty four. What say you? I think two fifteen is solid. Two fifteen. Fifteen is a solid, respectable weekend. All right, Scott. So, I'm just gonna say for him, he's gonna say one billion dollars. Okay. I think it's fair. I was also gonna throw out just for for funsies' sake in the game. I think we should allow us all a chance to make a revised prediction when the total screen count is announced. Oh. Okay. Well, you know it's gonna be on four thousand screens. Right, I'm just saying, like, I, I can see that uh, The Force Awakens opened on 4,100. Yeah. So if they are somehow able to get this onto, I'm just making up a number, 4,700, mm. maybe, you here, know, I would want to revise my number. Yeah, here's the interesting thing. Looking at the top four that are listed here of The Force Awakens, Jurassic World, um, Avengers, and then Avengers Age of Ultron right behind it, The Force Awakens was on the least number of screens of those four movies. Hmm. 4100 no wow. 4100 and then the then the next closest was 4270 and then 4350 the force awakens only had 4130 hmm. that's interesting that's that's actually pretty surprising yeah yeah still, i thought so too still a huge 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 release <laughs> i am not only con- I, i'm not only contributing to the 
the Force Awakens, or the, uh, excuse me, the Last Jedi opening weekend, I'm also contributing to the total box office of Force Awakens, because I'm going to see the double feature of Force Awakens and The Last Jedi as it opens on Thursday, December 14th. There you go. Well done. Put your money where your mouth is. That's right. Very good. I will show no favorites. Guys, we don't even have episode 8 out yet, but we've got some episode 9 news already. J.J. Abrams has been in the news, of course, uh, co-writer and director of episode 9, the yet-to-be-named Star Wars episode 9. And he has been talking about how episode 9 is going to unite all three trilogies. So apparently there will be references to uh, to the prequels. Mace Windu, guys. Mace Windu. Windu yeah. is just another name. Five letters. Snoke. Uh, they let's see. Abrams is poised to give audiences some big surprises with Episode Nine. Quote: You take the letters of Windu and you mix them around, <laughs> anagram style, and becomes Snoke. I'm I don't sure. think that's true. I'm uh, pretty sure it's accurate. <laughs> There's a you just have to mix them up in the proper <laughs> proper order. Does not matter. Uh, quote: Apparently, they've had no interference from Kathleen or Pablo, Pablo Hidalgo, uh, of the Lucasfilm Story Group. Uh, episode nine is also the film which unites all three trilogies and brings everything together. So that is uh, that is the story there on Inverse.com. And uh, J.J. has also been uh, quoted here on StarWarsNews.net. Ah, my browser just died again. Boy, you know, I thought I saw, I thought I had this solved with uh, using two computers, but the old Google Chromebook is dying on me, guys. Oh, no. Yeah. You use a Google Chromebook? Uh, My daughter has one for school. You're an Apple household, sir. She, okay, in my defense... She had a MacBook Pro, uh, used one that we bought, and it lasted two years and died on us. So she needed a laptop for school, and we got her a Chromebook. Because they're cheap, and you can pick them up from the homeless guy on the corner. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. All, all of Long Beach like, Unified. It's like, buying a, it's like a kid wants a pet, and you buy him a gerbil. All the, all the schools. <laughs> Here you go, little Richard. Here's your gerbil. Little Richard? <laughs> Richard, little Richard Gear. That's what I was going. Um, oh wow! All of Long Beach Unified uses Chromebooks. All of her assignments are done online, turned in through Google Docs, and it's all Googleized. Googly, googly, yeah. googly, googly. Anyway, this isn't coming up, but I, I remember the story a little bit by heart. So what JJ is saying here is that he's going to be able to go elsewhere and be more creative with Episode Nine than he was with Ep7. Of course, that being the big criticism that Episode 7 is a rehash of Episode 4, A New Hope, with a lot of the same story points and plot points. And it, and it was, and we're all okay with that. That's a, yep. That was an okay thing. There's nothing wrong with it. Stop bitching. But he's basically saying that's not going to be the same. It's not going to be another Return of the Jedi. This is going to be... I'm going to be able to go into places that I was not able to go with The Force Awakens. Instead of tiny little furry creatures, he's going to have tiny little bald creatures. That's all it's going to That's be. Right. Instead of a, gigant, a gigantic Death Star, it's going to be a humongous Death Star. Can we, can we not have another cute little something character to bring into Episode Nine? 
Like, why do you why do you hate America, Nico? Why do you hate commerce? <laughs> God. <laughs> you know, I, there was a quote from Lucas that I read about this, and he Lucas was saying that you know, you know, when I came out with the original movie, <laughs> I nobody liked three PO. Everybody hated him. Now everybody loves him. And I'm like, well, uh, no, everybody. I was going, I was going, no, nah, <laughs> you're wrong about that, George. And then he said, and everybody hated Jar Jar, and everybody hated the Ewoks. And I'm thinking to myself, nothing's Still really do. changed, George. Still do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think the Porgs are here to stay, though. The por- Porgs are taking over Star Wars, guys. I think the Porgs, I will predict, the Porgs are going to have their own animated television show. Wow, way to go out on a limb with that one, Baldwin. <laughs> but I, I hope it's more in the Jeez. variety style, a, a la Donnie and Marie. That's really what I hope they go with. It's just some type of Donnie, Mar- Donnie and Marie all singing, all dancing, um, maybe a little Sonny and Cher mixed in there as well. Um, of course, that's what I want to see. It's definitely going to be. Wants. It's definitely going to be fucking Dora the Explorer with Porgs, though, and it's going to be on. Disney Kids XD or whatever it's called. Well, actually, um, we actually have rare footage of the television show that is going to feature nothing but Wookies. Oh no! And Porgs. Oh no! That's right. You said you said we weren't going to share this one. No, yet. no, we're going to share it. We're going to share it. I I know. I'm sorry, Nico, but we we have to do this since we're talking about it. The show has only Wookies. And porgs. Okay, here you go. I'm I'm just gonna let you guys do this for the next hour on the podcast. <laughs> oh, we'll do it. Don't threaten don't don't threaten me with the don't good time. Threaten us with that. We'll do that all night. <laughs> like the holiday uh, special all over again. We're not going to have any subtitles right. in here. We're just going to let you guys rip, rip on the, it and let it go. Sc- the scary thing is the holiday special has eight minutes of that <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, guys, uh, it's time to honor our sponsor, guys. Audible.com is the premier source for high-quality audiobooks on the Internet and on your iPhone and your Android phone and your Apple devices and your Android devices, any device you have, Audible.com can deliver the goods. And this week being Halloween, guys, next week is Halloween, we've got a Star Wars horror book to feature from Audible.com. This one's called Star Wars Death Troopers. Uh, I I thought it was the courtship of Princess Leia. It was released in uh, 2009. Uh, written by Joe Schreiber, narrated by Sean Kinnan, and uh, this is a fun one. Star Wars Death Troopers via Audible.com. Check this out. The way it undermined every moment of life, as familiar as his own pulse. Trigger thought back to sitting in the infirmary just two weeks earlier, watching his father draw one last shaky breath and the silence afterward as the medical droids disconnected the biomonitors from the old man's ruined body and prepared to haul it away. And guys, you can get your free audiobook download today 
just for Halloween. I think I think Audible.com is doing this for us for a Halloween special, actually, for listeners of the Wretched Hive podcast. All you have to do to get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial. All you need to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive. Dave, how do you spell hive? H-I-V-E-P-O-R-G. That's audibletrial.com forward slash hive to get your free audiobook download and free 30-day trial. Go do it now, Halloween fans. Don't make me come down there and beat your dumb millennial ass because I will. I've had a long f***ing week and I'm looking for... The Wretched Hive Podcast. I have to say I am... That music is just terrifying. It really is. But I was going to say I am pretty sure... Our sponsor does not listen to the show. <laughs> Otherwise, they would not be our sponsor. You read my mind. Yeah. You know, John Carpenter, director and composer. Writer. Extraordinary. Yes, writer, director, can. and composer. Um, wrote uh, the music for most of his movies, including, I believe, that Halloween score. Is performing yes. his scores at the Grove in Anaheim here. I think close to Whoa. Halloween, I think. No kidding. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That's an oddity worth uh, worth checking out. I was thinking the same thing. Buckethead's also playing on Halloween night, and that might be something I go to. But I, I, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to pull that off. I would like to go see Buckethead. He's an amazing guitar player. That's cool. I like it. Um, all right, where are we? Let's see. We've got a few more stories here to cover. Um, oh, there was an interesting story about David Fincher. David Fincher was in the news. Uh, just a week ago, talking about uh, his potential future in the Star Wars universe. He was uh, talking about how he had some early conversations with with um, Kathleen Kennedy and uh, the Star Wars group there about directing The Force Awakens. And I thought his, uh, his rationale for not directing that movie was, was fascinating. This is... Uh, this is through SciFiWire.com. David Fincher passed on making a Star Wars movie. Fincher says, quote, I talked to Kathleen Kennedy about that, and look, it's a plum assignment. I don't know what's worse, being George Lucas on the set of the first one where everyone's going, Alderaan? What the hell is this? Where everyone's making fun, but I can't imagine that kind of an intestinal fortitude one has to have to follow up the success of the last two. That's a whole nother level. What is it you have to endure the withering abuse of Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher? And the other is that you have to live up to billion or a billion five, and that becomes its own kind of pressure. So I just love that Fincher's so glib about, you know, having to deal with <laughs> weathering <laughs> the abuse of Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. I just got a kick out of that out of that Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so great. He- you know, I, I agree. I'm, I'm glad he came out, and I'm glad that he was uh, uh, upfront about that. Um, and I think it's refreshing to hear that as well. Yeah. Um, the other side of that is that 
do we really need like a I love David Fincher. Don't get me wrong. I love David Fincher. Seven is like a genius movie. Fight Club, genius movie. Um, and and then you know recently he did the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He did um, Gone Girl. Um, he did Zodiac. I guess that's going like on ten years or fifteen social, years ago now. Maybe. Social Network. The Social Network. Yeah, yeah. The guy's got that's a great amazing, movie. Yeah, the guy's got an amazing um, um, library of films that he has helped. Do we really need his take on it? I mean, did, would we all appreciate his take on a Star Wars movie? I mean, is that what it, we all want out of a Star Wars movie? I've, I think we've talked about this before. And I, I, this was not my idea. I forget whose it was, so I can't credit it. But it was not my idea. A Star Wars story movie, depending on the topic that's a Fincher movie... I would be very interested in like a a Star Wars story movie that centered on bounty hunters. Mm. I would actually be very interested in seeing that. Something on the seamier underside of of Coruscant mm-hmm. during the reign of the Galactic Empire. Yeah, I, I I think I see that. I just you know I go I go to my Star Wars movies because I you know. I, and I don't mean this in a wet, bad way. I want them, you know, kind of light. I want them kind of swashbuckly. You know, they're 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 not sci-fi. They're they're fantasy. They're adventure movies. And and Fincher, while I love his movies, you know, he's really dark. You know, and, and I made the comparison of making a Han Solo John Wick movie. You couldn't make it exactly like a John Wick movie because that's way too hyper violent for anything in the Star Wars universe. Mm. Um, but you. You know, I don't think I, I I I think Fincher would just take it way too dark, um, and I don't know that I want that from Star Wars. I wouldn't mind seeing that dark, you know, style of movie from Fincher, but I just don't think I'd want it set in the Star Wars universe. Mm. I, I may be the, alone on that one. What about the What about a Boba Fett movie like that? I think that would be awesome to see him go on these assassinations, get you know his reputation as such a ruthless bounty hunter, one with you know such a <clears throat> awesome backstory. I think that would be really cool to see as not before so lighthearted. Yeah, before he dies like a little bitch. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 interesting in that you've got you've got Star Wars, which is was made for kids. I mean, Lucas was famously said, "I'm making this movie for mm-hmm. kids because there's not any good stories for kids out there anymore." But all of us kids are forty something now, and you know, there's we all have well, many of us have sort of a a dark taste at times. You know, we were looking forward to Rogue One because it was a, a realistic war movie based in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and uh, I think that's about as dark as you can get. I don't think that I don't think you can make take this franchise any darker than that, um, and and have it be interesting. You know, yeah. and, and and honestly, the people who say I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Steve, but I, honestly, fair. the people who say because I hear it all the time too, like you know, they need to make these movies serious, and it's not taking the canon seriously. Those people piss me off because you know what? You were fucking seven years old when the first time you saw this movie, probably, and you know, you didn't care that it that it wasn't you know people getting shot in the face when you were seven years old so right shut up <laughs> yeah 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 see <laughs> no I, I, don't dis- said, I don't i don't disagree go ahead nico rogue one you know it's not that dark it's just that everybody you learn to love in the movie fucking dies yeah right no it's not that it's not that dark but it's got a darker tone than than the rest of the movies i think but it, no it's not that dark at all well, I think it's how it's presented too. I mean, when think about episode three. I mean, Anakin Skywalker 
kills two dozen little kids in that movie. <laughs> we just don't mm-hmm. see it, right? I mean, that's some <laughs> that is some dark. If if Quentin Tarantino makes that, maybe it looks a little bit different than it did if the because the George made it. You know, dude, you want to you want to talk talk dark? Padme loses the will to live, guys. Yeah, loses the will to live. Right. <laughs> Dies in childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. Was that dark or was that just kind of a stupid plot device? <laughs> oh, this, oh, sorry. You might you might be right. <laughs> sorry. I was distracted by a video of a cat on a football field. I was not paying attention to that whole conversation. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave is a sucker for the cat videos. <laughs> Apparently there was a cat on the field of Thursday Night Football. There is a there is a scene you know how they at Dodger Stadium or a baseball stadium sometimes they'll play like the uh, wacky and wild side of the sports and you know in between innings and there's this one thing every time I hear that music that you just <laughs> sang Nico and thinking about cats a cat ran onto the baseball field and this poor outfielder picks it up and he's running off to the side and it, of course the cat claws him and he starts dancing around with it as he's running. Have you seen that? It's the dumbest thing ever, but it makes me laugh every time. There you go. Base, it's come full circle now. La- baseball and cats. That we're song all, is called we're all laughing with Yak. Alright, well if, if, for people who are really old, like all of the rest of us on this podcast, that was made popular in the British TV show Benny Hill. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And what was great about Benny Hill? Boobs. Yes, boobs. You get to see boobs almost every episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's why we all watched it. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's some funny. I haven't seen Benny Hill in a long, long time. That's because he's dead. No. Oh. <laughs> you know, he stopped coming over and I was like, Benny, where the hell are you? You'd not come around no more. The Benny, why don't he not here? Oh, God. Is that Guido there that uh, you're, you're resuscitating Guido? Guido, my Benny, he's my friend. It still, it still kills me. Han, why are you shooting first? <laughs> why are you shooting the first? So stupid. Um,. I uh, got a, a couple more quick star quick Star Wars stories, uh, quick uh, Disney stories, I should say. Every so, a, a few more details have been released about the rides that are going to be at Dal- Galaxy's Edge, and we've been admonished. It's not Star Wars Land; it's Galaxy's Edge. We got to start calling it the right thing. So, in Galaxy's Edge, there's a ride. Uh, there's two two major rides. One is the Millennium Millennium Falcon. I almost Millennial Falcon. Uh, I, <laughs> I I almost did it. Millennial Falcon. Uh, the other ride is the First Order Battle. Now, in the First Order Battle attraction, and a, and this is by the way, this is uh, from Los Angeles Magazine, LAMag.com. In the First Order Battle attraction, eight passenger fleet transport vehicles will fly inside a star destroyer as it comes under attack by the resistance. So it sounds like while you're on this ride, you are piloting a first order ship and you're, you come under attack by the resistance. The action will whip you through the giant ship's interior. Although exactly how remains to be seen. So a few more details emerging. Sounds to me like one of those 
three D gun shooting yep. like Astro Blasters. Um kind of a ride to me. Yep. Score points at the end. Yep. Here's the thing that's in, that I took of interest. Um, not to not to discount what you said there, Steve, but this is this this really it was interesting to me. It says at 14 acres, Galaxy's Edge will be even bigger than Fantasyland. But whereas Fantasyland holds 13 attractions, this new land will have just two massive ones. As with Universal's Wizarding World of Harry Potter, much of the acreage is being devoted to creating an immersive atmosphere. Right. So, go ahead. That's it. So, but so, so, but we're talking shopping, restaurants. We're talking mm-hmm. character, lots of characters walking around, and that. Mm-hmm. However, they're going to do that band thing where you earn points and you might get targeted by one side or the other as an ally or an enemy based on how you do in the ride. That's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see how they roll that out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they need to have thirteen attractions to rival Fantasyland, but I would wish they would have more than two. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, like four or five would be cool. That's a good number, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they have room to grow. Let's just hope. Guys, the holidays are almost upon us, and I wanted to reserve a segment at the end of this show because there's a lot of new products coming out. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's lots of new Star Wars stuff. In Actually, in the wake of uh, Force Friday... There was a was lot. Only, of... If only there was a day that just passed where they introduced a lot of this stuff. If I only know, they would have right? told us they were putting Star Wars things on sale. It's a shame. <laughs> totally. Well, there's, there's, there. Every day I see new and unique products that are being released that are Star Wars themed. So I wanted to save these till the end of the show. Uh, some shopping opportunities for those of uh, our, our fans that that know the fans of the Wretched Hive. Now's your opportunity to take some notes. Uh, these are potential shopping opportunities for your favorite podcast hosts uh, for gift buying for us. So <laughs> check this out. So Star Wars gym gear. Right. So they've got uh, muscle shirts and like uh, compression shirts that look like stormtroopers and stuff. But uh, on high highs, no highs, no biety. High snobiety. It looks like high snobiety is what it looks oh, like. Oh, that's it. High snobiety. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so these are basically Star Wars themed dumbbells. So they are uh, in the shape of Darth Vader, uh, Boba Fett, or a stormtrooper. And they come in different weights. There's also a medicine ball that looks like the Death Star. Obviously, Star Wars gym equipment. Now, if uh, if housework is your thing, you can uh, go to Best Buy and pick up the Samsung Star Wars vacuum. It's true, Samsung <laughs> is making a vacuum. It looks like one of those one of the things that's uh, one of those things called that they're programmed to go around your. It learns your. The Roomba? Yeah, it's like a Roomba. It learns your floor plan and kind of when you're not home, it it goes around and vacuums your house. There's a Darth Vader one. There's a Stormtrooper uh, branded vacuum. Um, the other things I saw that I thought were super cool, um, 
let's see. This is um, on Entertainment Weekly. They showcased PB Teen. That's Pottery Barn Teen. Has some uh, really cool room decor. There's uh, hanging lamps with the uh, the shade is the Stormtrooper helmet. That looks awesome. You got a Chewbacca bean bag. All kinds of sheets. Oh, we've never really talked about this, but did you guys have Star Wars sheets as a kid? I have them now. I am, I am declining. <laughs> I am declining to answer that question as my girlfriend listens to this podcast. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. And uh, she walked right through the room when I did that, and I got a very, very specific look. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe she'd be into it. Uh, you've got a no. Gar- she would not be. <laughs> uh, you've got a Darth Vader sleeping bag. Star Wars artwork, lots of great stuff to deck out your kid's room or your room with uh, Star Wars stuff. Are they bringing back the Tauntaun sleeping bag? Yeah, that is oh. awesome. That thing is was that awesome. I would buy. So good. So uh, good. That was on uh, Think Geek for a long time. It was, yeah. Uh, the, one, the one gift here that I think is going to be the big holiday seller is... Star Wars Jedi Challenges AR headset, and we've we we talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, this, I believe, is a is this a Microsoft product or a Sony product? Uh, but this I is, don't know who makes this one. I, I don't want to say it's Sony. Uh, they are they've made an AR uh, augmented reality headset. Uh, you can lightsaber battle with Kylo Ren with Darth Vader. You can play hollow chess on your uh, kitchen table with this thing. It's coming in about 200 bucks. It's not totally uh, cost prohibitive. It is, it's going to set you back a little bit, but not too badly. And the video on this looks pretty cool. So that's uh, Star Wars Jedi Challenges, lightsaber battles. So just a few gift ideas for, uh, for the old... I'll have to, I'll have to look at this. Does it, hook, does it hook up to a home computer? Does it hook up to a console? What does it, or does it, what does it, so, what does it plug into? Because none of these things seem to operate independently. So no, what are we this, plugging this, this, thing this, this I think this operates independently because it shows, hmm. it shows dudes uh, wearing the headset, holding um, a game controller that looks exactly, it's like a nice reproduction of Luke's lightsaber. And um, it's like a standalone piece of equipment that you wear. I'll have to check this out. Like a visor. And then it, you know, you can see what's in your room. You can see your table and your bed and everything. Uh, It shows a picture of Kylo Ren standing in this guy's living room. Uh, And you you battle Kylo Ren. I'll have to check this one out. I'll watch the videos and see what I think about this one. Yeah. The, The, you know, the bad thing about the other ones, like they put out that PlayStation put out one. For, for their AR headset, but you had to buy the headset and you had to have a PlayStation. And then the PC ones, you had to have a PC and you have to have the headset. So it was, it was literally about a seven or $800 investment just to get this stuff going. Um, and they're all kind of, you know, yeah, not, not to sell short the work that they put into it, but they were all kind of half-assed. So, so I mean, nothing of, none of them. <laughs> the review I read on Mashable was very favorable. They said that the lightsaber uh, play was, was fantastic. Uh, they did say that the hollow chest left a little bit to be desired, but it was still, it wasn't a complete, it was still a beta that they tested, mm. but they said that there was like uh, something ridiculous, like 12 hours of gameplay. Oh. So a, a, a pretty robust, um, set of features for the lightsaber portion. 
One thing you don't realize, and I didn't realize until I actually wore one of those PlayStation headsets, is wearing a piece of electronics that generates heat on your head oh. is not comfortable for an extended period of time. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought of that either. Even if it's just with your uh, with your phone. Uh, it wasn't a phone. It was one of the oh, okay. what's, what, it was one of the PlayStation headsets, and I wore it for about five minutes, and I'm like, this thing is really uncomfortable. And it's not the fit, it's just the fact that you have this computer sitting about six inches from your head. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, talking about being uncomfortable, that brings us to this. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week! Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh... There are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> Greg, what do you got for us this week? I am going back to the well, guys. Back to the well of Very Lonely Luke. And I'll tell you what, uh, I had given him a little bit of shit because he wasn't being funny, but he has been really active. Maybe because he's trying to promote a book that he's out. So I'm going to promote it for him, even though he's not a sponsor of the show. But we've uh, tweeted him, and he's tweeted back to us. So he seems to be a good good guy. By James Breakwell is the author and is secretly also Very Lonely Luke. He's got a book that you can get on Amazon called Only Dead on the Inside, A Parent's Guide. To surviving the zombie apocalypse sounds very funny. So go out and get it. It's only ten bucks on Kindle if you could do that. Nice. So thanks to us. But we're here to talk about his tweets. Very lonely, Luke. I've got from uh, just today. Well, it's uh, from October twenty-sixth today. If you don't know that, but uh, it's tomorrow as far as uh, everybody else is concerned, or yesterday as far as everybody else is concerned. It says uh, <laughs> Luke saying, uh, "You can't face Kylo on your own." He's telling to Ray. Ray says, "Then come with me, Luke." Ray and Luke says back. You can face him on your own. <laughs> <laughs> what a wuss. <laughs> Why leave the island? It's coming. Got air conditioning. All the ports you can eat. <laughs> Nothing like a good fried pork chop. See what I did there? All right, well, if you would like to tell us your favorite pork chop recipe, give, us, in a blanket. give us a call on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. Philly Borg. It's 562-455-HIVE. You can also find us on our home on the web. That's Deviled Borgs. www.thewretchedhive.com. <laughs> Dot net. Forward slash porn. You can also find Our us on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. Vichy Porg. <laughs> you can also email us Wretched Hive at Yahoo.com. Find us on Instagram at the Wretched Hive underscore podcast or on Twitter at Wretch Hive Pod. Org Parmesan. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty good. Org Parmesan. Uh, you can find us on Podbean. Podbean is a uh, where we store these shows and point them towards iTunes. You can find us there. Spaghetti at- with pork balls. Wretchedhive.podbean.com. <laughs> 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 I wish people could see how amused Greg is with himself right now. 
<laughs> or maybe the best way to find your pork balls recipe is to uh, search for us on iTunes. That's uh, open up your iTunes and search for podcasts. Look for the Wretched Hive, and we are the first ones to come up on your search there. Subscribe Hold to the show. Leave a review, five stars, one star, any stars. We don't care. We just want to hear from you, fans of the Wretched Hive. Final thoughts, guys. Episode forty-eight is in the books. Do you think the, uh, bacon? Do you think the IKEA on Octu serves Swedish pork balls? <laughs> <laughs> guys, have a great week. We will see you in a couple. May the pork balls be with us all. No porks were harmed during the taping of this episode.